cliffcentral.com Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com Welcome to the Fashion Lab. Here we are again. This is where we hold it down every Thursday, uh, 2 to 3 Central African time, dissecting the business behind fashion. My name is Lizo Gumba Regisford, your host. And thank you for tuning in to Fashion Lab again. Now, today we're going to be discussing style in the corporate world. You can hashtag it on corporate fashion. Uh, and we have a very special guest who's joining us. And we're going to just have to go and delve deep into these conversations and kind of just look at it from a different angle. Now, when you look at the corporate world through its evolution, when it comes to dress rules, a new attitude has obviously uh, developed and I hope it will continue to develop. Look at the history of um, corporate wear or the dress codes um, from back in the day. Now, in the same way we've seen computers replace typewriters, cubicles have replaced individual offices, the corporate dress code has definitely evolved uh, tremendously. 20, 30 years ago, I want to just give you a quick rush um, around this. Um, the workplace dress code was not even a discussion. Men came to work in a suit and tie. Women wore dresses and skirts. Everybody was dressing for success, as we call it. Now, regardless of what position in the company they held or who they interacted with daily, the rules were very tight. According to Liz Alton on an article I came across on Spark powered by ADP, business dress code can trace its roots to historical fashion trends. So the inception of the modern men's suit goes back, way back to the 17th century. But also you look and see like around the Victorian era, about 200 years later, the suit's design was streamlined and, you know, certain colors traditionally associated with today's formal business um, suits were also introduced. Now, in the early 20th century, the development of ready-to-wear buy-off-the-rack suits started to replace the more formal, what we call the frock coat, uh, which paved way for the modern interpretation that is seen across the world today. By contrast, the journey for women's workplace begins in the 19th century, I think buttoned up to the neck, coverage all the way to the ankles. Over time, formality decreases, and then obviously you see an evolution with society's um, overall changing style. You've got your casual blouses, You've got shorter hemlines for skirts and even pants. Now, the formal dress codes for both genders started kind of to take a chill pill around the 1970s. There was an introduction of new fabrics, new textures. Uh, and, you know, you kind of see the evolution. By the 80s, casual days was over or starting to kind of fade away. People started having the what you call the uh, dress down Friday. And um, I think that that has actually also created a sort of set, kind of sort of like laid back um set up when you look at corporate. Don't look at me funny right now because I actually haven't been to corporate in my XX years. Um, I haven't really worked in that space, but obviously because of the fact that we live in this world, we are able to see and look around and see uh, how people dress in that setup and, and you know, and the pressures around that. Now, before we move further, I'd love to share my top five fashion must-haves for the corporate woman today. Now this is my take. I'm gonna you're gonna hear from our guest, you're gonna hear from Edgy as well who'll be joining us. But I think the first thing is definitely a beautiful pair of pointy stilettos. I think if you're a woman in the corporate world, even if you're not in the corporate world, please get yourself a pair. I mean it's too many shoe brands and I think the shoe uh, the shoe, the stiletto is, is power. I think, um, you know, as long as you walk in them properly without that V effect from the back, if you know what I mean, um, I think it would be cool. I also want to just put a note on that point. Um, according to jergish.com, with a 10 year period counting from 2000, I think they say two, 2000, no, two, 200,000, over 200,000 high heel injuries in the record, were well, recorded in the US. That's about a 10 year period. At work, I don't know what this women, I don't know which type of heels they're wearing to work. I really encourage it, but you want to also think about that. And um, don't worry that the high heel brands have never been so hot. Um, we're moving on and, you know, we're going to talk about that. We're going to unwrap that. Uh, like I said, we've got a very special guest in studio who's also going to give us some more insight around um, these conversations. My second, this is according to Liz, my second top uh, I must have item for the corporate woman is a beautiful quality bag. It doesn't have to be a Louis Vuitton, but definitely an investment piece. Let it be good quality. Let it look good. I think that's so important. The third piece I think is 
a beautiful knee length dress. It could be a fun A line, it could be a shift dress depending on your body type. Uh, please women keep your spandex for Saturday night. And then the fourth, uh, must have, I think is a, a tie neck blouse, whether it's chiffon, whether it's silk. I find a tie neck blouse and it's very funny that we're actually sitting in studio with all of our necks all tied in this beautiful blouses, but I find it very elegant. I think it's also a good way, uh, or a good piece that can work and complement different types of wardrobe. You can dress it up with a pair of jeans for Friday. You can just zhuzh it up with whatever and it just makes you look like uh, the madame has arrived. And then my last must have for the corporate woman is a beautiful pair of eyewear frames. I don't have mine here today, but whether it's prescription or cosmetic, I got a new one and my husband was like, why are you getting this? I'm like, I just need for my look, the the look I'm feeling right now, I need those glasses on. So whether you're doing it for um, just a cosmetic, beautiful pair of um, frames or it's prescription, I think it's, it's a very clean power look, I think. So those are my top five and uh, we can go on and on but I want to go ahead um, and just also introduce our other contributors and you know what's coming on the show now we've got um, we'll be joined by Morag Stein who's our internationally accredited um, beauty consultant slash makeup artist she'll be glamming up the show with her glam up for a dose of makeup and beauty tips shortly we also joined by our New York contributor, Edgy Benson, with his Echoes from New York. Uh, Edgy runs NU New York, a fashion services company based in New York, sourcing services to fashion and fashion everything. Edgy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Liz. How are you? Fine, thank you, Mr. Edgy. What are you wearing today? <laughs> is what I want to know. <laughs> Before we go, it's protocol, and you know that. So let's not even act surprised. Okay, we're not going to talk about my jeans because I'm wearing skinnies. Again, but, um, <laughs> but I have a I, I have um I have a, a Hugo Boss bomber on. It's lightweight. <laughs> don't you just, don't we just cool. love Edgy? Edgy, I love your creativity. You're not so creative today, but we'll let you slide. But welcome to the show. It's good to have you on as well today. Um, and then for those who are tuned in for the first time, my favorite segment at the end of our show is called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? And this is what I call our red glass of wine. We're not going to be having wine here, but that's our wine. We unwind and we use it to just kind of exit uh, this space. So keep your tweets coming. We're on Fashion Lab AF. Share with us your thoughts around some of your favorite corporate wear brands, especially in the continent, or maybe some of your top five must-haves for every corporate woman or man. Uh, and uh, as we move into the show, allow me to now introduce and welcome our special guest today. She's a seasoned transformational skills expert in the areas of personal branding and image and etiquette presentation and communication skills. Uh, moving on to leadership uh, and personal mastery in corporate organizations for the last 16 years. Now, this internationally certified personal branding and style architect. I know you're hearing that style architect. Next thing, everyone's going to be, hi, I'm a style architect. I know that this is going to be stolen, but then we sharing is caring, so I'm sure she will let you slide. But she is uh, a certified personal branding and style architect, and she harnesses the potential in people to create their ID. Now, I'm not going to tell you what ID is. Not Let me see your ID when you're going to the cab, to the club. It's like a... She is like... A wordsmith to, to some extent because this ID, even you edgy, you're thinking it's let me see your ID. Uh uh, it's not that one, but we are coming. (laughs) I'm gonna give her an opportunity to explain what, uh, how she helps people create their ID. She's empowered hundreds of staff in top local international companies over the years with her infectious personality and significant message, which leaves her audience inspired to take their brands to the next level. Allow me to introduce Madame, one and only Nadima Kehan. Hi guys. Hi, Edgy. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Nadima. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and, um, enjoy the madness that I know is Fashion Lab Africa. And I say that with much love, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if it's madness, but first of all, can you just comment me on your introduction? Should Do you want to keep me in your part so at least I can go and introduce you before you start speaking? I know, you're going to have I to did, travel with me. Wasn't it not so it bad? It was fantastic. Thank, Thank you, Liz. You read well. And Edgy, you should say that too. <laughs> don't jealous me. <laughs> at least, at least, 
Lisa, you ran away so quickly. You didn't even tell us what you're dressing today, what you're wearing today. Ah, someone asked. Okay, so first of all, let's do this. Because the guest is the most important here, uh, first I would like her to share with us, what are you wearing and what's inspiring this look What today? am I wearing? Um, I have on a pussycat, black and white pussycat bow um, blouse from Mango, and I've teamed it with, believe it or not, an incredible, incredible skirt from Rage. And I have on my Zara heels and definitely dressed with a corporate flair, but certainly my personality playing through. I was going to say, you know, I'm a bit under pressure. You look <laughs> stunning, by the way. Edgy, you look stunning. So I was a bit under pressure with this corporate talk, fashion talk today. So I kind of fashion corporated up. <laughs> so if you want to know, if, yes, I'm going to take a full look. So if you want to know what I'm wearing today, I'm actually not wearing me for, for the first time in so many shows. And I'm not wearing me because I found one of these jumpsuits. Um, and I, I don't know if you want to guess who, because it's hard to guess who I'm wearing because I'm always wearing me. But this is a jumpsuit. It's not even a blouse in the top. And it looks like a blouse on the top And it's got a tie neck Because I think a tie neck is always very elegant Ladies, please take away your What do you call cleavage revealers And yes. try to tie this up too as well I know we are not heavily blessed um, And and you know but so here, stylish. But, but we, are, we are tying up and it's looking elegant and stylish I got this from Zara And I'm a jumpsuit lover But I don't wear anyone else's jumpsuits But this is my first I tweaked it a bit But this is my first I call it the perfect jumpsuit. So I'm feeling great. Awesome. I'm feeling great. You I'm in black though. Justice. I'm in black. I never wear black, but it's a good day. We're going to keep moving. Very it's strange. It's a safe corporate colorless. Yeah, listen to Edgy now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what? Wow. I want us to, I want us to go back uh, to the show. Um, Nadima, thank you for joining us today. And also congratulations on game changing while slaying 16 years later. Um, I think thank you look you. great. I think what you're doing is definitely um, important. Uh, we appreciate what you're doing. And I think we just want to sit here and dissect a bit of what you do and uh, in real relation to our topic today, which is really uh, fashion slash style in the corporate world, when sometimes we think these people don't care. They actually are under immense pressure because there's codes, there's rules, yeah. and then there's an image to portray, and then you still don't want to lose your individualism. And I think uh, the corporate woman or man is really juggling with a lot right now. Now, I want to go straight into uh, the conversation with you, Nadima. Mm -hmm. You've got like a 12 year career in education. You had a 12 year career in education, consumer relations for L'Oreal SA and Africa working with prestigious brands like Lancome, Giorgio Armani, Ralph Lauren and Diesel. How do you transition from that into style architect with a focus specifically in the corporate um, world? Um, Liz, a big part of my background as well is I studied industrial psychology and there was always a love for changing people and giving them the right kind of tools. And I think also as a young girl, working at L'Oreal South Africa certainly was a dream come true. You get to really, really have fun with a huge global brand. Um, and I think and as a young woman that enjoyed looking good and dressing up in makeup, it was just such a perfect fit for me. And when my association with them, I always say in my previous life, um, when I left L'Oreal, the only the the real connection, and I think something that just felt so natural for me was to move on to inspire other people and give them the tools to look better and feel better. Really. And you and you love what you're doing. You 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 know your eyes light up. You have no idea. You're, you're about to do the Nadima dance. Completely. <laughs> I say I have the coolest job in the world. One, I get to dress up every day. And people pay me to talk. Mm, I love it. Now, what does style mean to you, Nadima? Um, I think it's something that is inherent. You are born with it. And sometimes you are. <laughs> you're, scar <laughs> you're scaring the people who are not born with it. No, because that's what I was going to say next. Sometimes, and I think, unfortunately, society says we need to look a certain way and dress a certain way. And for me, that's fashion and trend. But style is really your essence of who you are. It's your DNA imprint of how you would. In fact, style doesn't just translate to clothing. And you and I have had this conversation before where it's how you make a cup of coffee, how you lay your table. when How you're you having, walk in. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so for those people that feel they don't have a style, um, I'm very challenged by that because I believe everybody has a style. Even if your style doesn't fit into the norm of what is happening at the moment, own your style. But tell me, mm. what would you like? And I say this, I'm going to phrase this the way I'm phrasing it. What would you like style to mean 
to those corporate leaders who think, oh God, they're talking about fashion and style again and they think we're making too much noise about it. What would you like it to mean to them? Because like you're saying, you still feel inside of everyone there is some sort of... There's some, there's a style element. Uh, And, and for people who don't want to, people, some people think this is just blah, blah, blah. It isn't, especially for people, especially for leaders within the corporate world. I don't think so much it's the leaders. I must be honest because I play in that space quite often, um, with my training workshops that I run in, in majority of the time in corporate space. I find leaders know that style is important as you climb the career ladder. It's usually the people that are coming in, um, graduate level learners. But generations have changed You find, you know, these young graduates coming in That sometimes dress better than the MD Which is quite shocking Um, So I think it's a sense of also knowing how important Having style and not just so much style But good grooming and looking great in your workspace Whatever environment it is How powerful it is in terms of the first impressions that you create whether it's with a new colleague, a new manager, a new client. Um, and I'd like to share some statistics with you. In the communication space, and I'm sure for a lot of people that are listening, some may have heard these stats before. Mm. When, you, when you actually break down the impression that we create, 55% contributes towards your body language, your physical appearance, and your dress code. That what is-, is my body language saying right now? That you're very interested, you're leaning in. Mm. Edgy, what are you doing? Don't even fake it. Tell us which position you're sitting on so we can also kind of just know and she can translate how you're sitting and what actually you're saying. Don't change your position. Just tell us the truth now. Right now? How yeah. I'm sitting? Yeah, what are, yeah, like uh-huh. just kind of describe your position so she can share with us what your body language actually means. Well, I'm listening. I have my my legs crossed no, over, and I'm just relaxed. And your are your hands crossed over, or are they down? <laughs> like, no, my hands are are riding stuff. <laughs> well played, Edgy. Well played. <laughs> Finally, a man that can multitask. Oh, he's. <laughs> so, what do you think he's saying with his body language? <laughs> it's a bit difficult because I can't see it. But from the explanation, clearly he's, he's he's engaging. He's open to a degree. He's relaxed in a comfortable environment. Writing, making. I'm hoping you're making copious notes, <laughs> so you invite Liz yeah. and I to the states. <laughs> I'm actually making notes. <laughs> well done, well done. So, like I was saying, Liz, it's 55 percent that contributes to. That's more than half that contributes to. All the stuff that people are recognizing within us before we even open our mouths. 38% is the vocal quality of our voice, tone, how high, how low, etc. And 7% so, is the words. Hold on. Is it like, hi, my name's Liz? Is that attractive or is, hi, my name's Liz? And they're like, is that John or Liz? <laughs> Which exactly. one's more attractive? All of the above. All of them are attractive. No, 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 not attractive. I'm but, sure high but, pitch is not good because that's just like noise, like a bell. Completely. But also there's, there's different variations in tone. So you're looking at high pitched or very deep voices or even having this monotone voice going, hi guys, I'm really excited to be here today. And I'm just so enthusiastic and passionate about what I do. And I really hope you have a good time listening into our session. Is edgy on that level? Where, where would you categorize? <laughs> Sorry, Edgy, I'm just checking for you so we know where also to, ca- you know, cause this is a learning experience for all of us. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners may be also wondering, wow, is my high pitched voice actually giving me uh, a bad, uh, sort of, um, it does sometimes because what happens is people switch off after a while. <laughs> they completely do. When? When you do? <laughs> Both, monotone, deep, it, it's unbelievable, but they switch off and then, you know, you, there's no credibility behind your tone of voice. But like I was saying, it's only 7% that contributes to the words. So people are watching you before you even prove yourself to them and open your mouth. Wow. And that's how powerful it is. And I think in, in the corporate world, the more people start realizing how to play the game and strategize and using that to their advantage – You'll climb that corporate ladder so quickly. So it's amazing. And I think for our listeners who are tuned in, it's some of the things, as much as I make jokes, we are learning that, you know, style is not just what you put on. It comes from your high pitch voice. (laughs) If you have one of those, you better give that to Annette. And then like, if you have the mono, 
Is it monotone? Monotone. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then edgy. I don't know what should edgy improve on. What we'll talk about. Okay, look, we'll talk about what we want to all improve on. But you know, we are on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter for those who are tuned in. Share with us your thoughts, your tweets uh, around just what you think style is. And I was very specific today to use the word style, not fashion, because style embodies so much more and Absolutely. that's what I wanted to talk about. I didn't want to talk about your shirt because you might have the hottest shirt but whew. anyway so I want to go back to something else Nadina. Stilettos are generally seen as a symbol of power or a marker of high status in a woman. It highlights her sexuality, it embraces her femininity. However when I was talking about my top five items, I'm sure you heard me um, speak about some research about the whole five years ago that was about 400 high heel accidents in your side of the hood, Edgy, in the U.S. But if you look at it from a 10-year perspective, it was 235,000 and about less or more of high heel accidents. Now, what I want to say is I admire and I like, I think that, like I said, heels does something to a woman. And we all know because even when I wear flats and when I wear heels, my demeanor, my attitude, my energy is just completely like day and night. Absolutely. Would you, if you were running, because I want to get your take on heels in the workplace. If you were running your company, you've got about 500 women working for you. Would you have... Heels as a dress code. Absolutely. Or would you be like, listen, flexibility, if your leg's broken, if you're walking with V-shape, just whatever comes. Like, what would Absolutely. You? I just want to go back to all the statistics you shared with us, Liz, and this is why they are called killer heels, by the way. <laughs> Um, So I think heels uh, here And here again They're different for different people Because stilettos Could be anything From those very high Kim Kardashian pumps To something that's a lot more comfortable That you're running around in During your corporate work day Um, But I certainly think Heels is also a mindset You put on a pair of heels And something happens as a woman I know certainly for me My attitude changes My body language changes There's a sense of confidence And I find in a Still quite a male-dominated world In terms of corporate It helps us to stand out It sets us apart Interesting So you would have the rule as Yes, please, heels Forget about all the Forget about all your little tricks Talking about your legs Don't work properly Heels I think, you know but, But we also have to be practical because sometimes when you said you, you wanted to speak about style versus fashion, sometimes fashion's not always practical. But being stylish, can you can be practical because I could, you know, heels may not be my thing. I may have health issues that I can't wear high heels. Or I'm just really not that But if woman. you have health issues, can't you wear a wedge? You know, but this is where I was going. You can absolutely wear a wedge, which is the most comfortable shoe ever, supports the body, the best orthopedically. But you could have kitten heels. And nobody says that you can't also wear a pump that's got a slight heel to it's anything that elevates you And I think as most women We want to appear taller and slimmer And that's certainly one way To create the illusion of it But do you understand When it comes to the code, the dress codes Because obviously each company is different Yes If you are running a fashion uh, Big fashion magazine uh, Or big fashion editorial Or whatever it is A fashion business yeah. Would you not, do you not agree also that the heels does something, okay? So would you say yes, dress code finished? Because we are not having disclaimers of, hi, well, last time when I was working at whatever, I broke my legs. What would, would you have that as a rule or no? Oh, I would think so, definitely. Okay. But then again, you have to be practical depending on the industry. Obviously, and depending yes. on maybe if there's an emergency situation, there's exceptions for Absolutely. every every rule. Edgy, I don't want you to feel uh, left out. Uh, what type of heels are you wearing today before I ask you <laughs> what I want to ask you? What heels are you working today? I'm, I'm wearing a very low pair of Bali's Chelsea boots. Mm. They have no heels at all. <laughs> okay, now tell me something because I want to, uh, I'm going to pick your brain on it and I'll go back to Nadima and I want to finish with Nadima on that one later. But what are your top five must have pieces for every either corporate man or corporate woman that you would, you're like this, you have to have? What could you just give us a quick, uh, uh, top five from Edge's world or from Echoes from New York with Edge Benson? <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, I have a I have a personal bias to like uh, for women especially. I've always loved the knee length um, skirt, the 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 knee length corporate skirt. Either one as a suit or one as a separate. I've always loved that. So I'm very I'm very impartial to it. 
You mean uh, knee length wide A line or a, a knee length pencil? pencil? Oh, sorry, pencil. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. I've I, always, I've, I've always loved that. And and for men, you know, like men's attitude to 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 the to the to the corporate suit has, has gone through such such a transformation. I mean, Absolutely. here we have guys in in denim suits that are just killer, and you can wear that to the office. And then we have uh, this, and, and and the look generally has become very very slim, you know, with companies like YSL and Gucci and Prada and everybody just offering that slim, lightweight suits that men like. It's it's pretty easy for a man now to make choices. Before, I think the choice always belonged to women. They had all of, they had the range. But for men right now, it's it's an exciting time to to go to work. And then you've got. Fridays where you can wear you you your blazer and you you and your jeans as separates and you know so I, I don't have like a a top five there's just so many corporate um iterations now for guys and for women too um women have always been very strong on the corporate end but they've always come to the office looking really great so I think for them. I do like I, I do like the pumps a lot. I like those knobby Mad Men Stevie series kind of pumps. Uh, they are not very high, the big heels on them. I love those a lot. And of those. course, I do like. I hate I those. Hate those. If I see one more person wearing those, I will pull it off their feet. <laughs> oh God, those <laughs> just so got to go. Them, People walking like they're carrying yeah, bricks on their feet. People walking box. literally like they're working in the construction site lately. I'm like, my God, why are people walking? The damn things are so heavy and so. I feel like it's so heavy. It loses the dainty um, element of what I think a hot pair of stilettos would 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 offer. But everyone is op- have their own opinion. Yeah, so, like, different. while while you're listening, maybe you love it, maybe you hate it. I just hate it. It's got to go. I hate it. <laughs> I just you know what I like hurry up it? and hate it. You know what I like it though. Why? I think I think when you're in fashion school and you're looking at the, you're studying like the evolution of the of the heel, you know. Mm-hmm. You get to this point where at that, like in, in the 1920s and, and 40s, and they have this, you know, the, those, those things are beautiful. I mean, we don't make shoes with the same kind of craftsmanship anymore, maybe, but <laughs> there's something. You, you, because you don't see them often, and when you see them, it just, it just, just takes you back to. Every woman I back. have seen, let me tell you first, Edgy. First of all, I just, when I, when I was in Lisbon, so last week, every woman I saw walking in those shoes, <laughs> Looked like they were going to a construction site and they were carrying things, and they had so much energy out of their little bodies. And I looked and I was like, "It's classicalness. Yeah, it's so heavy." And and then the few I've seen here, I'm just like, maybe a few Methuselah Methuselah's friends, some of Methuselah's friends. That thing, that trend, that's the one trend which I'm like, please hurry up and go. But you know what? I want I want us to uh, thanks Edgy for your um you know some of your. Uh, sort of must-haves and just sharing that with us. It's nice to also see where we all are. But I want to go back to Nadima and just kind of also find out from her before we take a little break what her, her top five. And your yours is going to be a bit tricky for. In fact, maybe we should move that question to the end. What are your top five? My um, top five must-haves. I think always a for men or women. Either, either. I think for both. Oh, you can mix it up for both men and women. A really great white shirt. Um, for me, it's always a standard every season. I update my white shirts because they tend to get discolored sometimes or every season there's a new style that's in buttons, collar mm. changes, etc. Um, definitely, once again, for men and women, a great pair of leather shoes. Can't go wrong because they last long, especially. And I'm, I'm thinking about corporate. You know, for me, it's not always about how much clothes you have. It's how do you also get your clothes to work for you? Because not everybody has that disposable income um, or disposable income, sorry, to actually fill out this closet that they would have called their dream closet. Uh, so definitely a good pair of shoes, leather shoes, um, good accessories, a good watch for men and women here again. Good classic watch, especially if you're playing in the corporate space. Um, obviously, if you know more industrial sort of uh, trade or, or arena, something a lot chunkier for the guy, something more classic if you in banking or a lawyer, etc. Um, so that was three hailers. <laughs> the pressure. Oh, my word. I think also a really good well-cut blazer. Once again, men and women. 
um, that slim lines the body, just fits you really mm. well because jackets are usually and blazers are usually the, the one thing that is so difficult to alter. So you must, <laughs> it is. I mean, Liz, as a designer, you probably want to pull the thing apart and start again. <laughs> just you be like, start again. Yeah, exactly. Let's start afresh. Um, so definitely a blazer. And um, I think the fifth thing here again for a man and a woman is certainly know your body, your body shape or your body type because no matter how many items you wear, if you know what body shape you are, you can buy clothes that suit your body shape. So you never feel like you're wasting money. So often I have clients um, that say to me, oh, I saw this on the mannequin in a particular store and they buy and it looked so great. Or I saw it on a friend or a colleague at work and they buy it. And they, they honestly, and I mean, I hate to say this, sometimes they look like they've been pulled through the bush backwards. <laughs> it's just scary, absolutely scary. So I think if you are very aware of where your assets are and where your liabilities, you know, you want to really work on what is your, your good parts of your body and you want to showcase that off. Um, and the parts that you don't like so much, you want to hide that. So, you know what I want to do? I want to go to um, just touch on some of the key focuses um, you kind of, or your key points that you really touch on when you focus on your corporate um, clientele, especially mm-hmm. around style. However, I first want to just take a quick um, detour. When you go to speak or to empower this different corporate um, um, employees or leaders or whoever they are, mm-hmm. Do you find that, and this is now from an African business uh, perspective, and Edgy, I'd also want to pick your mind on this because I think that there is a very big, the world is corporate. I mean, majority of the world is corporate. Yeah. And that means that there is a demand for corporate wear. But my question mm. becomes, when I look at the continent, and even me as a person who's playing the game as a designer, um, why is it that it seems like there's very little offering for uh, you know, for the corporate world from a local brand perspective, when I say that, I mean like very few African brands have actually um, taken Take that it, whole corporate and, and thing and run with it. it. Where do you find that you consume, once you have conversations, sometimes you have your private sessions, then you have your bigger ones. When it comes to like advising people on where to get or source um, their pieces from, especially because they still want that individuality, but they still want to be fresh and they still want to adhere to the environments, um, TNCs when it comes to how you walk in and what yes. you wear. Where are they buying their stuff? And please don't tell me Zara and Mango again. Oh, exactly. And then, and Edgy, I'm coming to you on that, but do you feel that there is a lack of us paying attention and realizing that this is actually a market that you can actually take and run with, especially here on the continent? Because it's very little competition. There isn't, uh, from an African almost stamp or standpoint, certainly not. But I think, you know, you do have players like the likes of Woolworths, Edgar's, the Fashini Group, etc., that do cater to a large degree to a corporate sort of sense or feel or style. Um, but I think because of the world we live in, being a global village and we have access to, to so much, even in Africa, people, you know, brands like Zara and Mango, Topshop, River Island, those are brands we aspire to wear because we used to see them in magazines and on the internet before. And now it's you have it, you have access to it in Africa, so that's where people are shopping. But do you also think, and this is again, and Edgy, I want to pick your mind, but just give me one mm-hmm. second here. When I look at how consumers in my network, how they behave, um, especially my clients who will buy from me. Mm-hmm. So there's the ones who are literally stuck on, I've got red carpet, I've got this, I've got that. So you've got your more haute couture clientele who's like, listen, I'm going to spend a lot, but I'm spending it once every six or eight months. I don't know. And then you've got your ready to wear, which corporate is really ready to wear. Mm-hmm. Do we also think that maybe based on the um, economic up and downs um, and economic trends that that might also influence um, people to actually you find this uh, our African people looking swerve they look good but they maybe just don't spend as much anymore meaning that if there is uh, an event or if there is a big need to spend and splurge on something that's really customized or bespoke mm. they'll they'll splurge but when it comes to the the corporate wear which is like a ready to that's everyday wear. They don't spend as much. What is what is it? Is that a is that a trend I'm seeing, or it's is quite, that? I think it's also quite subjective, Liz. Depending on the client in front of you, you know, you may get a particular executive who only wants bespoke and couture stuff done, even her corporate wear. 
Whereas, hmm. yeah, do you absolutely, have I do. I should give uh-huh. you the number. <laughs> I should pass on pass the business. Number, yeah, absolutely. No, and I think it depends on who you are as a person as well. And your status. Um, and your status. And, and also the mark you want to leave behind. You know, we also have access now to so many people on Instagram that are setting up online boutiques, importing clothing. And it's really become a game changer for them. I mean, there's one girl in particular that I shop from and she's such such a success story for me because I used to remember going to her garage in Soweto, buying clothes from her. And I loved it because she had a couple of pieces and she has this incredible following. And I think it's amazing because if you have this this hunger to be able to clothe people with quality stuff, not just with rubbish out there, with quality stuff, you can be a game changer in the market. Edgy, I would like to hear your thoughts around, first of all, do you feel like African um, brands are actually really um, maximizing on the opportunity? Because that is a, there's a gap. There's a gap there. And that's why Mango, H&M and Zara yeah. are running with this like it's 1920, 1958? No, 19. No. Let's say 2000, 2024. But do you feel like we are maximizing? Do you feel like, what is the problem? There's something, there's a disconnect somewhere. Consider- I think the African, I think the African designer is in, intrinsically very stylish. And when they do corporate, they do it really well. I just feel like there isn't enough pool of African designers who look at, who look at the corporate's end of it, you know? I think our, our culture traditionally is very celebratory, very event focused. And, and our designers are, they do that. There's not enough designers who are actually doing menswear, which menswear sometimes tends to focus corporate wear a lot, you know, and influences it. And there's not a lot of African designers who, who focus on it. And then the, the, the other ones that we, because of this celebratory culture of our, nature of our, of, our, of our culture and how we look at things, there's so, so much color. And just everything is so, so colorful that sometimes it doesn't play very well. In a corporate, as a as corporate wear. Yeah. So I think that's where we, I mean, there's not, just not enough attention, you know, on the designers end. But it's when, when African designers have done corporate wear, when I've seen it, it's been nice, you know, it's very, very Eurocentric, mm. um, slim, well slim, done. beautiful. Yes, very well done. So maybe it's just not enough. It's just not, it. yes. And I think it's just not commercialized. So it's, Almost like you said, it's so bespoke and so customized that they haven't thought about finding a way to make the product more accessible to more, but with yeah. better price points. And that's why the Zara's are laughing right now and H&M's. Don't look at me like that. Yeah. No, no, I <laughs> fully joking. agree. I fully agree. <laughs> well, you know what, guys? Um, I want to take a quick... Um, Glam up break and we're going to plug in Morak who is going to glam up with a dose of makeup and beauty tips. Uh, she's not here, but she's here spiritually. Well, welcome to the show, Morak. Liz, thank you for the beautiful introduction once again. Fadima, lovely to have you on the show. I'm sorry I couldn't be in studio today. Um, for glam up, the lipstick color that I've chosen is actually one of my favorite shades, one of my favorite brands, and it actually goes perfectly with the corporate talk. Um, it's a very daring shade, yet the, you know, the laydown of color is unbelievable. With one swipe, you've got this perfect full coverage on your lip. And, of course, it's Urban Decay's Vice Lipstick in the shade Black Male. Interesting for corporate. <laughs> um, the creamy formula is packed with nourishing ingredients, which obviously leaves the lip soft and conditioned. Um, the ingredients are, th- you know, such as aloe vera, yojoba, avocado, vitamin C and E which also deliver a hint of antioxidants on the lips. So really, really stunning, stunning lipstick. You know, for today's topic, um, it's actually quite an interesting topic. One that I actually work with quite often um, is professionals in the corporate industry doing makeovers, you know, just as simple as going to give them a makeup lesson. And there's a saying that goes, pour yourself a drink, put some lipstick on, and pull yourself together. In the corporate environment, wearing makeup can actually help. So let's rather say, grab your lipstick and climb up the career ladder. Absolutely. You know, if you want more respect, trust, and affection from your co-workers, wearing makeup actually increases people's perceptions of a woman's likability. Her competence and provided she does not overdo it, her trustworthiness, according to a new study, which also confirmed what is obvious, that cosmetics actually boost a woman's attractiveness. 
And, you know, irrespective of that, I think as a woman, of course you feel more beautiful wearing any sort of cosmetic, whether it be skincare, whether it be um, makeup, whether it be an amazing perfume. Of course we feel better. So in that sense, we also project um, a really beautiful attractiveness about us. Um, you know, it's long been known that symmetrical faces are considered more commonly and that people assume that handsome, you know, people in general are intelligent and good at what they do. <laughs> There's also some evidence that women feel more confident when wearing makeup. Well, I mean, of course, I know I do, definitely. Um, it's sort of a kind of a placebo effect, but no research till now has given makeup credit for people interfering that women are as capable, reliable, and admirable. The study was actually, um, you know, the study that I'm talking about was actually paid for by Procter & Gamble, which sells CoverGirl and Dolce & Gabbana makeup. Um, researchers like Professor Ektoff and others from the Boston University um, were actually responsible for its design and execution. So what they did with the study is um, they took 25 female 25 females aged between 20 and 50, obviously all races, um, and they were photographed barefaced in three looks that researchers called natural, professional, and glamorous. They were not allowed to look in the mirror though, lest their feelings about the way they looked obviously affected um, the observer's impressions. Um, 149 um, adults, men and women, judged the pictures for two milliseconds each, just enough time to sort of make that snap judgment as we do. Then 120 different adults, men and women, were given unlimited time to look at the same faces. The participants um, judged women, made up, you know, they sort of made up varying intensities of luminance, contrast, more competent than the barefaced women, whether the ones that had a quick glance or longer inspection. However, the glamour look wasn't all roses, as you can imagine. If you wear a glam look, you should look very attractive. At a quick glance, said the professor, which argued that the pursuit of beauty is actually a biological as well as a cultural um, sort of perspective. But over time, there may be a lowering of trust. Um, so if you're in a situation where you need to be trusted, um, it's actually tested that you should choose a different look than a glamorous look. Um, just as boardroom attire differs from what you would wear to a nightclub, so can makeup be chosen strategically depending on the actual agenda. There are times when you want to give a powerful sort of I'm in charge, I'm here kind of impression, and a woman shouldn't be afraid to do that. Absolutely not. So, you know, things, what you could do is use a deeper lip color, a stronger lip color, and also the texture, so using a more shiny lip color or a more sort of glossy texture, um, increase the luminosity on your face, so more of a glowy look compared to a matte look. Um, and then, you know, other times you might just want to be sort of more balanced, more collaborative, more collaborative um, and then you would obviously just soften the whole look. Um, you know, you can opt for lip tones that are sort of lighter to moderate in color, almost the same color as your lips, providing um, just a little bit of contrast, but not too glossy, so something a little bit softer. And then also very interestingly, so I mean, that's just lipstick. Can you imagine if you change the eye look, the, you know, your, your bronzer, etc. It can really, really change someone's perception of you. And interestingly enough, um, Bobby Brown, I mean, we all know who Bobby Brown is, right? Um, suggested that focusing on other perceptions misses the point of what makes makeup so powerful or what makes wearing makeup so powerful. Um, you know, and as a woman, we're able to transform ourselves, not only of how we perceive, but also how we feel. Um, the great thing, you know, what Bobby Brown the, as a company also does is they actually sponsor Dress for Success, um, a global charity which offers unemployment, unemployed women advice and professional attire for new job interviews. I mean, how cool is that? So, you know, really empowering from the bottom up. And, you know, for the women in Johannesburg, um, I am hosting private makeup lessons and I customize them to suit your needs. So if you tell me, listen, I've got five minutes in the morning to do my makeup, I can literally guide you through how to do that. And according to what profession you're in, what is 
sort of acceptable, whether you're a CEO, whether you're you know, a receptionist, etc. Um, for all that information, you can actually go and have a look on all my social media platforms. The information is up there. And, of course, you can follow me on all my social media platforms at Moragstein. That's M-O-R-A-G-S-T-E-Y-N. And then, of course, as I mentioned last week, my Glamour blog is also on my website. So if you've missed anything, you can just go and have a read through there. Thank you so much, ladies. It was wonderful having you. Thank you once again, Liz. Wow, and thank you. From me this Thank you, Morag. We enjoy that. We thoroughly enjoy those little um, beauty tips. Uh, God knows some of us need them more, but <laughs> it's okay. I mean, sometimes there's so many. I'm like, my God, where's my bag? And then I have to start looking for, okay, I'm feeling like this. Which one should I pull out? And it's always nice. So thank you, Morag. That was, uh, that was nice. Um, so I want us to, uh, for those who are tuned in, we've been speaking to Nadima Kahan and, um, we have been talking corporate fashion um, and also just because of the fact that it, uh, corporate world is not exempt to fashion or to style. And uh, we've also learned a few tricks and tip, tips, tricks and just having conversations. Sometimes these conversations are important to have so that you also know uh, where you stand. Also, you know where uh, you can improve when it comes to especially those women in the corporate world, those who are caught up in between. Uh, this is my personality, but it's getting compromised. This is my individualism, but it's getting compromised. Nadima, um, as a... <sighs> Sort of parting shot, maybe just maybe your top three tips uh, to the corporate woman or the corporate man when it comes to their looks, their first impression. You know, there's so many things. And like we said, style is not just about what you're wearing. It's actually about so many other things around Absolutely. what's going on. So could you just share with us? Like, um, I think the first thing as well is, is discover what your style is. That's the first point of entry. Um, and then depending on the industry that you work in, I think that you were saying earlier, Liz, you know, sometimes you feel like your own personality or your style is compromised given the, the industry that you work in. And also coming from a South African corporate background, um, we tend to be a little, a little bit more conservative than the rest of the world in terms of our corporate gear or our corporate wear. Um, but I think. So you mean South Africa versus the rest of the continent or the rest of the, the world? The rest of the world. We're still quite conservative. As a as a corp, as as corporates in the I'm country, looking at you in your corporate wear today, I'm like, no, that is nothing. <laughs> there's nothing conservative <laughs> about this look. It's very eclectic. But, but that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, you know, the guidelines, and usually in, co in the corporate South Africa, most organisations' corporate dress code is what we call business casual or smart casual, which is really great because I think it's it. It's honest enough to keep you serious that people take you seriously, credibility, respect, but you still can bring in your own sense of style, your personality, your flair, etc. And I think once you find that really great balance, you shouldn't be compromised in terms of not bringing your personality to the office, um, but still playing within the guidelines because I think you are taken more seriously. I always say you cannot climb the ladder of success dressed in a costume of failure. Mm. Mm. Uh, okay, we are learning. I hope you guys have your pens. <laughs> Another thing I want you to do, Nadima, before we, because yeah. we are wrapping up, is could you just uh, expound on ID? Okay. So, the one that I said. So guys, those who were tuned in, remember I spoke to you guys about uh, the fact that she helps people create their ID? Not let me see your ID club, but... <laughs> Could you just break that ID thing um, down? So for me, for what it really is, Liz, in my workshops, I talk about creating something called your ID, which is your irresistible differentiator. Because in the corporate space, usually there are very few vacancies for promotions as you climb the corporate ladder. So what sets you apart from the person sitting next to you or somebody externally that's applied for the same vacancy or for the same post? If you don't know what you stand for, how are you going to sell your brand to the world? And this doesn't just encompass fashion. So what are you, what is, you know, they, they talk about this uniqueness about you. And I think in, in every aspect and every right, we're all unique, but let's push the boundaries. It's 2017. We need to move past being unique now. What is your irresistible differentiator? That thing that makes you so irresistible that people want to engage with you. They want to be around you. They want to do business with you. They want to promote you, etc. Wow, guys, the next time you walk into a room or you walk into one of those board meetings, you better go in with your ID. I mean, that ID, not the other one. <laughs> but, you know, Nadima, it's so, it's so good having you. 
Um, and I think that it's been great that we are sharing you because sharing is caring. And I'm sure everyone who's tuned in have probably got something um, positive they can go back with. Um, how can our listeners connect with you, either website or social media? Um, social media, Nadima dot uh, Instagram, Nadima, N-A-D-E-E-M-A dot K-A-H-A-N. I have two A's in my surname. Um, you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook. Yeah. It's that simple. Nadima.kahan. That's it. So guys, this is Nadima. We've been keeping it real. We are winding up on our who would you want to dress and why would you get chewed up because Edgy is normally talking about what he's wearing too long and then <laughs> sometimes some things happen and then like the time and the clock just ticks. So it's that about that time of who would you want to dress and why and we take it round the room. Okay. So we are going to start with our lovely, uh, let's see. Gosh, let's oh, start. Please don't start with no, me. We, we need to start with you because you'll know why when Edgy says who he wants oh, to dress. Okay. Okay. So just, just, just <laughs> standing up all our air time. Who you, yeah, who you want to um, dress and why? Does it need to be a celebrity? Anyone or anyone just if this if we don't know them, say their name. It's it's fine. Oh, I don't think it's a particular person. It's not uh, for me it's it's a I guess a persona of any man or woman who's transitioning to their next level, who feels stuck and wants to take their game to the next level. Because I That's think who you want to dress. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and why? What would? Why? I think because a lot of the time we get stuck in our ways in so many avenues in our life, and you need somebody to guide you. That's why I call myself style architect because it's like sitting down and you're creating this next level of renovating the house that you live in, and we're taking it to the next level. All right, Morag, who would you want to dress and why? Today I want to dress um, a good friend of mine, also a client. Um, and that's Ursula Chikane. Um, I had lunch with her yesterday, and you know what? She's just such an amazing woman. So I would really like to give my who I want to dress tribute to her today. Thank you very much. Edgy, who would you want to dress and why? And not you, please. And not me. Not you, not me, not Morak. That's why I'm going to surprise you today, because I actually have someone I want to dress. It's a Nigerian musician called CG. He's so stylish, and I want to put him in a, in a new denim suit we're developing, just because we're talking corporate. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. Thank you. Wow, Edgy, that was nice. And today I want to dress the 43-year-old eye-popping Heidi Klum. Now, I saw her at this 150 Bazaar's 150 Most Fashionable Women event uh, in this beautiful tax, but I feel like she she killed it. She di- She didn't kill it like, whoa. So she wore it. Did any of you see it? I don't know. No. She wore it, but she wore, but I thought she had a blouse in, but then I, so everything from like the twin, the beginning of the twin pack all the way down to the thing. And I'm like, the twins are out and the <laughs> twins are not also, you, if you want to show your twins out, ladies, please pump those babies up, get your wonder systems, wonder whatever situation, whatever systems can come into place. I love this woman, she looks stunning for 43, but, and she looks beautiful in those tacks. So, I mean, not anyone can get mm. away with that. So I want to do a Liz O white tax with a tie neck blouse. I promise this time we're not showing twins, but guys, it's been beautiful. Uh. It's been real. Uh, peace and love to you guys who are tuned in. Edgy, thank you for always contributing. We love to hear. Um, we always appreciate, um, your input. And like I said, uh, when we have these conversations around fashion, um, it's nice to have conversations with different stakeholders within different parts of the world. So we can also hear what they have to share based on the temperature on that side. Nadima, we really thank you for coming and joining us as well. Thank you so much. Morag, it's always me. nice having the glam up. And for those who are tuned in, we are on www.fashionlabafrica.com for more conversations. Peace and love until next week. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.